the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The world is a complicated place. You need someone to expose the political fakers, fixers, and takers, and to cut through the mindless chatter and misdirection to help you make sense of it all. That person is Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to The Dan Proft Show. Again, you can uh, follow the program at danproftshow.com. Follow us on social media at Dan Proft and at Dan Proft Show. Does it bother you at all that your kids are being instructed by neo-segregationists, neo-racists? These are the uh, terms of John McWhorter, Columbia University linguistics professor, African-American gentleman. This is Black History Month, but it's uh, become Rewrite History Month, and there's a lot of tacit support or willful blindness and advancing it, isn't there? Is it uh, sharing in the delusion to survive? Well, thankfully, people like John McCorder do, and he has uh, written a piece that uh, outlines a persuasion community where he is, where he posts some of his excellent thinking and writing. Uh, And this is an excerpt from his new book, The Elect, which is what he calls them. Neo-racists posing as anti-racists and their threat to a progressive America. Uh, Here is how he describes the uh, anti-racists, the race hustlers, that your school district retains to come in and educate your children about race relations, that you bring into your businesses or your corporate leadership brings into your businesses to educate you about race relations. Go ahead. Turn your life over to people peddling a theory that ends with what we discussed last week you are racist if you keep your dog outside, if you keep your dog inside, because some people have to keep their dogs outside, disproportionately a minority. That's your privilege that makes you racist. That's the intellectual rigor of these neo-racists and neo-segregationists. The tenants from John McWhorter. Here's how you, to be a good neo-racist. They call anti-racist. John McWhorter properly calls neo-racist. When black people say you have insulted them, apologize with profound sincerity and guilt. But don't put black people in a position where you expect them to forgive you. They have dealt with too much to be expected to. Number two, here's the, this is the anti-racist slash neo-racist catechism, as he terms it. Black people are a conglomeration of disparate individuals. Black culture is code for pathological primitive ghetto people. But don't expect black people to assimilate to white social norms because black people have a culture of their own. Silence about racism is violence, but elevate the voices of the oppressed over your own. You must strive eternally to understand the experience of black people, but you can never understand what it is to be black, and if you think you do, you're a racist. Show an interest in multiculturalism, but do not culturally appropriate. What is not your culture is not for you, and you may not try it or do it, but if you aren't nevertheless interested in it, you're a racist. Support black people in creating their own spaces and then stay out of them. But seek to have black friends. If you don't have any, you're a racist. And if you claim any, they better be good friends in their private spaces you aren't allowed in. When whites move away from black neighborhoods, it's white flight. But when whites move into black neighborhoods, it's gentrification, even when they pay black residents generously for their houses. If you're white and only date white people, you're a racist. But if you're white and date a black person, you are, if only deep down, exotifying an other. Black people cannot be held accountable for everything every black person does, but all whites must acknowledge their personal complicity in the perfidy throughout history of quote-unquote whiteness. 
Black students must be admitted to schools via adjusted grade and test score standards to ensure a representative number of them and foster a diversity of views in classroom in, the, in classrooms. But it is racist to assume a black student was admitted to a school via, via racial preferences and racist to expect them to represent the diverse view in classroom discussions. McWhorter, after outlining the catechism, writes, I suspect deep down most know that none of this catechism makes any sense. Less obvious is that it was not composed with logic in mind. The self-contradiction of these tenets is crucial in revealing that third-wave anti-racism is not a philosophy but a religion. The revelation of racism is itself and alone the point, the intention of this curriculum. As such, the fact if, that if you think a little, the tenets cancel one another out is considered trivial. That they serve their true purpose of revealing people as bigots is paramount, sacrosanct as it were. The uh, fundamental point here, in summary, from a quarter. Battling power relations and their discriminatory effects must be the central focus of all human endeavor, intellectual, moral, civic, artistic. You must allow that to consume your life. Those who resist this focus or even evidence insufficient adherence to it must be sharply condemned, deprived of influence, and ostracized. And that's why people won't talk about it, because they're cowards. How else to describe it? You wouldn't tolerate any other sort of racism, any other sort of racial nonsense, but you tolerate this because you're afraid. And I suspect no amount of reasoning from a superior intellect like John McWhorter, particularly as compared to the hustlers like Ibram Kendi of the world, who he's destroyed. And by the way, Ibram Kendi, by that I mean Henry Rogers changed his name, probably won't get you out of the fear-addled state, just another avenue to inflict fear for the purpose of control and submission. And people will dutifully go along, won't they? How much will they? Oh, <laughs> and at what uh, levels in terms of the creme de la creme of society, so to speak? They certainly think so. Bari Weiss, who used to be uh, with the New York Times, she writes about the neo-segregationists too. A distressed parent writes me from Harvard Westlake, $41,000 a year is the tuition. It's the alma mater of Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal. She tells me this fall, a dean lavished praise upon Tamika Mallory and Linda Sarsour. These are the anti-Semitic uh, organizers of the uh, P-Hat marches. Both Louis Farrakhan fans. Lavished praise on them, both Louis Farrakhan fans, in a high school-wide assembly. She is shocked, so I mirror it back. But at this stage of the game in which Mallory is appearing in the pages of Vogue, I'm not surprised in the least. Then another parent at the school tells me of the school's 20-page plan outlining its anti-racist program. Policies include assessing word problems in math and rewriting them to be more representative and culturally sensitive, redesigning the 11th grade U.S. history course from a critical race theory perspective. I start writing it up only to see the news out of Dalton, tuition $54,000 a year. Uh, the Manhattan School managed to keep its manifesto to a mere eight pages, but its demands include abolishing high-level academic courses by 2023 if the performance of black students is not on par with non-blacks hiring 12 full-time diversity officers and multiple psychologists to support students, quote-unquote, coping with race-based traumatic stress, and compensating any student of color, compensating any student of color who appears in Dalton promotion material. Then there's Brentwood, tuition $45,000 a year, announces some dialogue and community building sessions, which actually segregate families by race. I mean, I know uh, we're used to that in Chicagoland. Oak Park River Forest was uh, ahead of the learning curve with respect to doing neo-segregation. This is happening everywhere, so don't tell me it's not happening at your school, because I know it is. 
Now tell me what you're going to do about it. I mean, you don't have to answer to me, but if you want to have a conversation about it. Uh, but just understand, I mean, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. If you do, then you're perpetuating the new racial order, which is not going to end well for your kids, for your economic interests, uh, or for this country. And I mean that black, white, Latino, Asian across the board. The, the you know, division, unity, blah, 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 blah. You want to separate, separate, you want to, I mean, I'm just invoking Frederick Douglass's words. You want to confer benefits or impose responsibilities by race and come over the top this way with the, the neo-racist catechism that John McWhorter nicely created for them. <laughs> I mean, it's not something that they would adopt, but it's a great description of what they're doing and what they're, what they're teaching. Something like that. You think that ends well for anybody except those that are peddling this poison and getting paid handsomely to do so because of frady cat school administrators and C-suite executives. I would encourage people to pick up the documentary Eli Steele did a few years back, How Jack Became Black. And he talked, the documentary is about enrolling his son in the L.A. public school system, Eli Steele, the son of Shelby Steele, who and his son, because of the woman he married, it's like his son is like white, black, Jewish, uh, Latino, uh, American, Indian, Native American. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry, which box do I check for that? And by the way, that's happening more and more. I think there's something like one in six relationships in America are, are, uh, are multiracial or biracial. So where's this going? So how do you keep this up? Well, they have an answer for that, don't they? However you identify. And how are people are going to identify? Well, you're told to be a victim, so identify with whatever gets you the most benefits from designating yourself a victim and whatever imposes the least responsibilities if you're identified as an oppressor, because those are there are only two categories of Americans, according to these neo-racists and neo-segregationists, oppressors and victims. I mean, remember, they make money by peddling divisiveness. So unity, their phony unity calls, is not just uniformity, you shall comply. It's also, we expect some of you not to comply. We hope you don't comply because divisiveness is good for business whether it's a school administrator, K through 12, university, or one of these, uh, these guys like Kendi who gets paid uh, you know, $25,000, $50,000 to come tell a law firm that uh, you know, all their white partners are racists. And here's what you can do to make your law firm anti-racist. You know, follow the John McWhorter catechism. If you get to live in your make-believe world, I get to live in mine, and that's, that's fine. You can live in a make-believe world if you want. The problem comes when you force other people to live in that world, and you deprive them of opportunities or you impose responsibilities in order to foster your make-believe world. That's where we get into a bit of a problem. seat and sharpen your pencils class is in session with professor dan proft and the dan proft show